0: welcome to the Fitness Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Coach Danny G. And in this episode, I want to tell you about some sleep strategies that I feel are essential for getting a better night's sleep, recovering better, and just having a better overall day-to-day experience in operating capacity and decision-making and just feeling like you're a normal human being. Before we get into the list, I want to preface it with just some some importance behind getting a, a good night's sleep and why that matters uh, outside of just feeling like you had a good sleep and you were re- well rested. When you're sleep deprived, it plays into how you operate on a day-to-day basis, meaning like your decision-making is compromised when you're not sleeping well, your ability to Perform when it comes to physical training or if your job is manual intensive um, or just your recreation is manually intensive. um, You're not going to be able to perform or recover very well when your body's in a constant state of sleep deprivation. Um, Parents know this firsthand and um, I'm looking forward to that Point coming up in the next couple months when our baby shows up. Uh, I'm interested to try some of these tactics around that. You could spend your entire life trying to get a better sleep, not make significant progress, but once you're able to see how much of a difference it makes with uh, your day-to-day basis and um, how not only just how you recover, but how you operate we've been around that toddler or that person at work that is sleep deprived or is cranky all the time. And, uh, it's not necessarily because of the reason they said, but (laughs) there is an underlying reason. Um, and I would be willing to guess that they're getting not enough sleep. So the, if you haven't listened to episode number two, going through the four pillars of, of lifestyle, I give you the, the seven hour recommendation of, of sleep. Um, and some people are able to to get more, and that's great. Other people uh, like to get their 90-minute cycles, and I'm definitely going to talk about that in a future episode, but um, using some sort of strategies in order to help you wind down and fall asleep are key here. And one more reason that sleep is is important is when you're sleep-deprived, your metabolism changes vastly because it doesn't necessarily regulate the hormones as well as it should. And so when your hormones are sort of playing out of whack, um, it'll mess with your sleep cycle, but also how you metabolize certain foods and what your cravings are. So you've heard the, the simplified um, tip or strategy that when you're tired, you will reach for more sugary or uh, carb heavy foods. That is, that is true. It's typically because of a hormone imbalance, um, because of sleep deprivation, because you're not recovering enough, or there's a number of different reasons. But typically what I'm trying to say is that when you are sleep deprived and you're trying to lose weight, especially you're going to have a harder time losing that weight because your body is just holding on to everything that it can because it is in a state of disarray. Uh, That's what I want you to keep in mind as we go through this list. And, uh, I hope that you find some value out of it and, uh, yeah, let's dive in and yeah, let's, uh, get into step number one. Number one is getting to bed earlier than midnight. Uh, and this to some people, it's going to feel like it's way too hard to do that. And for other people, they're like, I'm already doing this. But if you think of the literal word midnight, which we have represented as 12 a.m., that is the middle of the night. Now, think of a person, a caveman, if you will. They they didn't know when midnight was. It was the middle of the night, and so they just went to sleep at dark and woke up when the light came out. Um, now, since we live in a modernized world and daylight saving time exists at least for another year... Um, Different practices have been taken up. We've invented our own time system. So midnight has a, a an actual representation of 12 a.m., but previously it didn't have any sort of predetermined existence. It was just the middle of the night. So if you think of midnight as the middle of the night it kind of stands to reason that you would want to get to sleep a little bit earlier than the middle of the night so that you can actually get a better sleep. And there is some scientific justification for this, meaning that the more hours of sleep that you get before midnight, they're typically more restful, better quality. um, They get deeper into your sleep cycle and they're just overall better. So the more hours that you can get before midnight, the better and more well-rested you are going to be the following morning. Now, the next step to this is just getting to bed earlier so that you can actually have a better sleep. So even if you are getting to bed or getting to sleep around that midnight to 1 a.m., that's fine. No judgment. But what you may want to start considering is trying to get to bed 15 minutes earlier. Trying that for a few weeks and then continuing on that path of every few weeks or so, if you're improving and you're getting to bed 15 minutes earlier, try it again. Try and get 15 minutes earlier and go to sleep that way. And slowly and steadily, you'll just improve the quantity and quality of your sleep. So that was tip number one. went a little bit further in depth than I needed to, but let's get on to number two, which is reducing screen time specifically before bed. And this is crucial, um, but sometimes is well, all the time is harder in reality and in practice than uh, in theory. So what you can do again is sort of play that fifteen minute rule is right before bedtime. you just put your your device, your screen. Uh, away. And uh, in future, I'm going to talk about a few other strategies for what to do in that wind down time. But creating at least a half hour to an hour of screen free time before bed is ideal just because of the amount of blue light, which interferes with our ability to go deeper into our, our sleep cycle and get better quality sleep. It just messes with that and takes longer. So instead of taking maybe a full 90 minutes to go through a full cycle. It may take like 45 just to get into REM sleep and then uh, it it just changes the amount of of time that it takes. But overall, it just reduces the quality of the sleep. Tip number three, have a caffeine curfew uh, of around like noon or 1 p.m., especially if your bedtime is anywhere between, say, 9 and 11 p.m., Um, You want at least eight hours and at least I would encourage more um, of time frame before bedtime because it takes around eight to 10 hours of uh, a caffeine sort of half-life. That's how long it lasts in your body for your body to process it and digest it and so on. Um, So if you have at least eight hours before or between your last cup of coffee or your last sip of coffee to bedtime. That is the ideal. And again, it's just because caffeine is a stimulant. It messes with your ability to get into deeper sleep or just get into sleep to begin with because we've all had a a coffee a little bit too late and then tried to go to sleep and couldn't sleep because our mind was racing. There are the other people who are like, no, I had a Red Bull before I went to sleep. That is because your caffeine tolerance is out the wazoo. And uh, that may be something to consider for a future conversation um, around just caffeine tolerances and uh, what is, quote, healthy, what is practical, and what is useful uh, overall. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's move on to step number four. And this one is to reduce around or similar to the caffeine is having a a alcohol curfew as well. And ideally, this is somewhere between one and three hours before bedtime, um, which can be very difficult for some people's patterns, especially during COVID-19. But uh, it just it disrupts your ability to um, maybe not fall asleep um, and no passing out does not count as falling asleep um, or doesn't count for good sleep because we've all woken up after that and it sucks. But um, reducing the amount of alcohol right before bedtime, it it plays into many things. So if you have to get up during the middle of the night to go pee, that disturbs your sleep. Um, but also just in general, you don't sleep as well when you are alcohol induced. And so having a bit of time, creating a bit of space where you are able to digest it, you are able to uh, metabolize that alcohol through the body, and you don't have to necessarily wake up with a hangover. Not to say that you're binge drinking, but um, even some clients of mine, they've said said that even one glass of wine uh, within an hour of bedtime still messes with their ability to fall asleep. So that is... Uh, entirely possible and something to consider. Moving on to step number five, uh, this one was a game changer for myself and my wife. We got blackout curtains and we basically got rid of all incoming light into our bedroom and that changed how my wife slept. from just not being able to sleep, A, being a light sleeper, or if the wind was outside and moving the trees and the way that the light was hitting the trees, it would disturb her. And uh, so having blackout curtains or reducing all the incoming light was a game changer for us just for reducing the amount of incoming light because even though your eyes are closed, they're still picking up light. There's receptors that are able to see through the skin. Um, And so... When there's no light to reach those receptors, you just have an easier time a falling asleep but staying asleep. Step number six is to lower the temperature of your sleeping chambers and somewhere in the recommendation of um, 18 or uh, let's say anywhere between 19 and 21 degrees depending on your preference. but. 20 degrees Celsius being that sweet spot for ideal temperature, and the idea behind this is the more that you actively have your body reduce its body temperature, the deeper sleep that you're going to get. So there's a lot of sciency things that are there that help with reducing body temperature as you're sleeping. Um, that's oftentimes why you, well, you want a blanket because you get cooler. Um, but uh, still being able to create a lower temperature in the room and get blackout curtains helps with this. Um, Changing the amount of layers you are wearing, even if you are a colder person, um, you can still change your body temperature by the type of fabrics that you use, Um, having them lighter weight and very breathable. Um, or just not wearing any clothes at all and using a lighter blanket and lighter sheets. But the whole idea is that if you're lowering the temperature, it just helps your body down regulate and fall asleep faster and get into deep sleep faster. Number seven is to create a sleeping palace. This one goes really well with step six and with step five because you are trying to create, uh, well, it just Brings all of them together, to be honest, because you're trying to reduce incoming light, be it from outside of a window or through screens. Um, And yes, that means getting rid of the TV in the bedroom Um, (laughs) and the phones as well. The other side of it is um, trying to create a lower temperature because of the blackout curtains. It's not going to allow a ton of um, temperature transfer through the windows. Um, More difficult in the summer, however, but still trying to do your best if you have a smaller fan that's moving around or something that's able to generate a little bit of a cooler temperature in the bedroom, that would be ideal. But creating a sleep palace where you are not to be disturbed, there's no incoming light, um, it's pretty quiet as well, Um, it is a place for sleep and sleep only. Um, I noticed this when I was transitioning from university life to married life because my room was sort of my safe haven with living with four other roommates or three other roommates to now I had my bedroom was just a place for sleep. It wasn't the place that I lived, did homework and sometimes ate dinner. It was only made for sleep and that was it. And so Eliminating the screens, incoming light, all of that fun stuff definitely made a huge impact on my sleep and definitely changed the way that I sort of envisioned creating my sleep palace. Because when I went into the bedroom, it was for the sole objective of sleep. Whereas some people go into the bedroom, they turn the TV on and they fall asleep to whatever show that they're watching or the news, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so they're in there to... They're just doing their regular thing, and then sleep is a byproduct of just time happening versus actually having a dedicated space for sleep. So creating a sleep palace, step number seven. Step number eight is to train hard earlier in the day. For some people who train really, really hard or just train in general in the evenings, and I'm, I'm talking more specifically like 8, 9 p.m., um, it can really mess with the way that your hormones react to that training stimulus and so when your hormones are buzzing up at a higher a higher rate later in the evening it sort of messes with how fast you fall asleep but also too when you release endorphins from training or exercise you it's kind of like a stimulant you just sort of feel more awake more alert more blood flow and you just can't fall asleep right away. And for some people who are training later in the day because they're already tired, they're having a coffee later in the day, and it just sort of spirals further down downward and makes it much harder to sleep later in the evening. And that's when you do end up getting that 1 a.m., 2 a.m. bedtime, which is fine if you don't wake up until later in the morning, but still not ideal. The bonus of training earlier in the day as well is it gets done, um, whereas sometimes if you leave it to... Uh, not fate, but if you leave it to to later in the day, sometimes it just doesn't happen because of being tired or uh, sore from the previous workout, or you just leave it up to chance a little bit, or you have to run that errand that has to be done now, any number of reasons. But if you train earlier in the day, it gets done, but also it gives your body a chance to recover throughout the day versus um, trying to do all of it in the evening time or while you're sleeping. Step number nine, I'm piggybacking a little bit off of number six in reducing the temperature of the sleeping chambers. This one is reducing your body temperature or aiding in that. And so we're just doubling down on sort of cooling off. And two strategies that you can use are cold showers, which are super uncomfortable initially, but you get used to them. And then using lighter PJs or sleeping in your birthday suit because it just allows your body to breathe a little bit more but also um it just brings the body temperature down so that you're able to again the <laughs> the the general theme of this podcast is to get to sleep faster and better quality as well so reducing body temperature by cold showers sometimes you can do this with a warm shower Um, And that feels fantastic. And then you lay on top of your blankets or you lay in your bed and you just sort of feel the heat radiating off of you. That temperature difference where you feel that heat leaving also helps. But I find cold showers just in general hold that temperature better and get you there faster. Um, Personally, it also just changes uh, my mindset about stuff. And so it's sort of a pattern disrupt of sorts with a cold shower. Um, that whatever I'm thinking about, I have a cold shower, uh, I'm no longer thinking about that because it just sort of resets. And step number 10, if you're going to eat near bedtime, within that half hour to an hour of bedtime, make it protein of some sort, whether that's a protein shake or a protein-heavy snack, or just make it more protein because that's going to digest or it's just going to digest overnight and have a slower release than something like a carbohydrate. Um, And uh, it's it's going to aid in your recovery as well. But it also doesn't feel super heavy in your stomach when you're eating it. And so typically they're a little bit lighter and uh, they're just going to aid in your recovery and not hit your, your metabolic system too hard. So those are the 10 steps that I I recommend people try and and use in order to get a better night's sleep. And like I was saying, the name of the game is to just get into sleep faster and uh, have a better sleep overall. But these are some strategies that I've used personally um, through experimentation, through reading, but um, some of them uh, coincide with uh, a book that I, I highly recommend, and it is called Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. Um, even though I've studied a lot of this in an academic fashion through university and, and research reading, um, I feel like Sean does a really, really good job of breaking it down and making it simple for every, everyday people who didn't study sleep psychology and uh, physiology and just makes it really easy. Now, in his book, he uses 21 steps, but he also elaborates a little bit further on each one and uh, some of them cross over a little bit. But these are the, the 10 favorites that I start with and then we move on to some more advanced stuff later on. But if you're not doing these, give them a try because you will notice a difference after you've used them for a few weeks and, uh, and give them a good good hard try. If you're interested in learning more, I'll, I'll link up the book down below. And uh, also a really good resource other than the uh, Sleep Smarter book is a Joe Rogan podcast with Matthew Walker. Uh, he's a sleep or a neuropsychologist, and uh, he is phenomenal when it comes to sleep. And I think it's, a, it's an hour, hour and a bit long podcast that he does with Joe Rogan, and it is phenomenal. Um, the way that he elaborates on it, uh, just makes a lot of the stuff that I made or that I brought to this list. It just makes more sense. Um, and, uh, he's, he's a great, great speaker. And, uh, yeah, I highly recommend going to listen to that podcast. I'm going to link it in the show notes so that you can either watch it or listen to it. And, uh, yeah, just get some more value around sleep. Because like I said, I don't think enough people are getting enough sleep. And so I'm just trying to to help you with that and uh, carry on. Quick side note as we close the show, as of the moment of recording, there have been 26 downloads of this podcast so far. And I'm just so grateful for those of you who have listened so far and that uh, hopefully you're getting some value out of this because um, even though I was hoping that this would happen I was never really sure that this would happen and 26 downloads seems like nothing but at the same point uh, I haven't done anything like this yet and so this is just super exciting and I'm just over the moon and super grateful for those of you who have taken the time to either support me or listen and uh, just yeah overwhelmed super grateful can't thank you enough. And I hope that you found something useful out of this episode. As with everyone, Um, I just, again, huge, huge thank thank you. And uh, I hope that you you stick around, subscribe. And uh, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about some stress management strategies, as well as uh, how that plays into falling asleep, but also just regulating mood and uh, emotion as well. And so Um, I hope that you stick around and uh, enjoy, and we will catch you in the next episode. Have a phenomenal day, month, week, whatever you're in, just crush it. See you later.